Welcome to the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. And here are your hosts, AC Insiders, Danny Blanford and Vance McCullough. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the AC Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine, with our friends at Reliant Lithium Battery and the Juice. You know, we're coming off a little hiatus here. And we're coming at you from a new perspective. I am your new boat captain, Danny Blanford, and I want to introduce you all to my new co-captain, Vance McCullough. Vance, you've been with Angler's Channel forever. Welcome aboard to the podcast. You were like the first AC insider, the OG, if you will. Uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, man. So what you're saying is I'm old, Danny. I, you know, uh, been around I like a while. Huh? I like experience, <laughs> man. It's experience. Yeah, you know, well, Back when I was in junior high, and Moses used to part the Red Sea to catch fish. I, I told him it wasn't fair. He had to quit doing that. It's almost as bad as this uh, forward-facing sonar these guys are using now. But, uh, you know, no, it's, uh, you know, I love the fishing industry. Uh, love being part of anglerchannel.com. Cover more tournaments than anybody. Got a robust calendar. When I want to know where to go fish, I, I log on and look at the calendar and, uh, you know, if you really want to learn something, you teach it. So I'm always still learning right along with, uh, you know, anglerchannel.com. Great resource. I'm proud to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. For those that don't know, Vance has been in the space for a long time from a coverage perspective of events to writing. Vance, you wrote a piece for one of my businesses that uh, helped put us on the map. So I'm always grateful for that. And uh, you guys, a lot of guys may not realize it, but you probably read some of Vance's work in a variety of publications. If people still take the old print copies and read that is uh and i guess some of your stuff's been produced digitally also so welcome aboard you bring a vast amount of knowledge to it uh look forward to working with you on this deal and as we mentioned you know you and i are going to do this going forward and uh after working on some of them since i came on board i thought there were some opportunities to do things a little different you know i love the winner circle thing and we're going to continue to talk to winners when they show up and and when we can get them on the show but you and I are going to dive into some more peripheral stuff around the edge of the industry, different things. And then, uh, you know, we've been collaborating on our deep dive idea, which I think is a great one where we're going to bring in some of the guys that are known for techniques and tactics and, uh, well, take a deep dive with them, you know, and kind of learn about some of those more subtle details. And I know you've got to see a ton of that uh, as a writer and a photographer and an event coverage uh, perspective. And we're going to try to bring some of our audience along with us kind of in the boat with these guys so that they can see and hear some of the things that you and I have been blessed to, to be taught over the years. So, um, yep. you know, like I said, welcome and, and, uh, looking forward to it, man. You know, one thing's for certain, we're definitely starting off our first podcast together with an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, you know, yep. you mentioned Angler's Channel being a resource, and I think that's a great thing. You know, you mentioned that Angler's Channel was kind of born out of a need for fishing information. And, uh, you know, you know some of the early history, but why don't you talk a little bit about that book and where we got our start at anglerschannel.com as an information provider, and then also the beans on who we're talking to. Before it was anglerschannel.com, there was a directory. And so many guys back in the day would be like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There was uh, sold them at Walmart, places like that. It was almost like a phone book. And uh, just any, you know, you pick a lake in the south, you know, uh, I'm going to Lake Gaspin, you know, fish a tournament. Where's a good place to stay? Where can I get a hamburger? Um, what are the general pattern? Maybe a guide or two, you know, you can hook up with and go fishing there. So uh, 
that morphed into the website when you know the internet became a big deal and uh around the turn of the last century there i guess so angler's channel like i say has always been a great resource for uh, you know planning trips to come and of course with the internet and the rapid uh, information available they became uh, one of the best places to find tournament results mm-hmm. uh, you know, right you know at the tip of your fingers you want to do some research know what kind of weight it's going to take you know when you go somewhere so it's always been a very valuable resource like that now of course we've got the tv show uh the blog here that you know uh, what's this the podcast that we're doing i mean it's, it continues to evolve and grow and use different kind of you know technology do the same thing basically keep fishermen um you know jacked into to the pulse of of uh the sport Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we're talking about information and that's a great segue into where we're going with this thing, because we got a guest today that's really created quite a stir. And I don't know if that was the intention of of coming out, but uh, he has developed an actual marketplace for fishing information, which technically we do, too. uh, But we post it out there free public consumption. This gentleman, (laughs) excuse me, if you know. You can actually purchase the fishing information you need for a body of water in a certain time of point, you know, a certain point in time and place, right? So if you can't catch a fish, perhaps you need to purchase a tip or two. And that's what it's about. Today, we're going to hear from the man himself, Mr. Mr. Austin Neary, uh, founding member and owner, uh, chief there at Fish Tips. And uh, man, definitely quit creating quite a stir. And I'm looking forward to hearing his side of, of you know, fish tips and and does the world need a fishing tip information marketplace what are your thoughts before we talk to him uh i think there's nothing new under the sun again it's a new way to do old things and uh it's legitimate service i would imagine but uh as with anything there's always opportunities for people to maybe misuse it uh, and i think that's where a lot of the controversy maybe comes from if i'm reading between the lines correctly some of the even some of the pros have, have said, you know, they just and they have a problem with it. Like people are going to get on there and get information uh, and use that, you know, in lieu of fishing skills and, and um, experience. But, you know, like I say, any, any tool can be used for good or evil. It's, it's uh, up to us as anglers to, to have a high standard of ethics and to enforce that and I think the fishing community in general is really good about policing themselves in tournaments and, you know, we'll just have to see how this thing uh, plays out. Yeah. You bring up a good point. You know, if I, you said any tool can be used for good or evil. And I, and that's kind of where I'm at heading into this is that do I like somebody being able to buy waypoints to a brush pile on Hartwell for a tournament? My answer is no. no. Do I like, a dad being able to buy waypoints to a brush pile on Hartwell to put his 12 or 13 year old kid on fish quickly. I love the idea. Right. So there, there's your example the, the same tool, both ways. I don't like it for competition uh, because I think I'm just old school and stubborn, uh, you know, in that regard, but I also see the benefit of, you know, 
keeping the kids interest and going straight to the juice and catching some, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing what Austin has to say. I encourage our listeners to stick around for just a second while we take a quick break and run some words from our sponsors. You know, without these folks, we wouldn't be able to do these things. And we'll get right into it talking to Austin. So sit tight and get ready. Since 1968, One Boat Company has stood as the gold standard for quality, performance, innovation, safety, and resale value. Ranger Boats. Ranger's passion for perfection is evident in every boat that leaves our facilities, whether it's bound for lakes and rivers for fishing and fun or targeting trophy tuna and blue water. Ceaseless innovation results in top-tier boats that have made Ranger the go-to for tournament anglers and weekenders alike. And the new Z521R and Z520R redefine what a premium bass boat can be. Ranger, still building legends, one at a time. All right, gang, welcome back. This segment of the show, we usually talk with tournament anglers or special guests in the industry. And today I'm excited because of really a chance encounter on the shores of Lake Hartwell at Green Pond Landing. You know, it's a small world, the fishing business, the connections we make and the people we bump into. But I got a chance to bump into Austin Neary um, at the... Boat U.S. Collegiate Bass Fishing Championship down at Green Pond Landing. We struck it up talking about fishing. He hooked me with big swim baits. And then after that, he said, oh, by the way, I've got this platform fish tips, which piqued my interest and uh, took a little while to catch him because there's a lot going on in the world of fish tips. But I want to welcome Austin to the show and introduce Austin Neary of Fish Tips to our audience. Austin, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Man, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you got going on. Man, absolutely, Danny. I appreciate you and Vance having me on today. Uh, you know, I, I think it would be, you know, behooving if I didn't start with context, because a lot of people hear fish tips immediately. And what we are is a marketplace for anglers to buy and sell fishing information. And a lot of people immediately are like, that sounds so weird, but so I like, I want to backpedal and create context around like the birth of it, the idea, like how to come to be. So like we were talking about off air, I'm a, I was a collegiate baseball player. I got hurt my sophomore year in college and said, I hate school, but I was an entrepreneur major. I was a business major and was like, all right, if I'm going to stay in school, I want to use my stuff I'm learning in business to actually start a business. So I started the dream catchers fishing brand. Uh, some of your listeners may know me from YouTube as Dreamcatcher Guides or Dreamcatchers Fishing. We have about 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We do the big swim bait guiding in Western North Carolina. And, uh, you know, there was a video, Southern Trout Eaters, dudes throwing big swim baits. They, they videoed and then left. And I'm like, holy cow, there's no one to guide for these giant bass in Western North Carolina. And I'm in school, don't know what to do with my life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a fishing guide business. So we started Dreamcatcher Guides. And then I was like, man, there's no good tackle shop around here. So we started Dreamcatcher's Fishing Supply. And uh, all of a sudden, I had a successful guide service, a successful tackle shop. And then we were creating content on social media, you know, putting up pictures. Hey, caught two six pounders today on big swim baits, book a trip, uh, putting up YouTube videos, talking about swim baiting and just piquing people's interest and getting them, you know, essentially in the top of the sales funnel in hopes to book trips. Well, what was happening over years and years and years of guiding is, dude, it would not stop. I'm not kidding. My phone just rang from a cup from another customer that I know he's calling me right now to get some fishing information. But people were messaging me. They were inboxing me. Hey man, going fishing. What, what's the deal? What's the bite man? And I'm always like, 
man, that's kind of awkward. Like I have spent literally 10,000 hours. You guys know the rule of 10,000 hours, right? 10,000 hours makes you a professional. I have spent thousands and thousands of hours on the water to figure out these big bass, trigger them, the whole shebang, right? And these people just kept reaching out. Hey man, what's the deal? And I'm like, hey, you know, do you want a guide trip? Well, no, your rates are too much or no, I just don't want a guide trip or whatever. And I'd say, okay, you know, do you want to come by the tackle shop? So, you know, you could at least support my, my business and my knowledge by buying lures and stuff. Well, I don't have time. So I'm like, holy cow, there's people that obviously they value my knowledge and how I'm doing it, but they, you know, there's, it's just weird, right? There's no transaction that's happening. They obviously value it, but you know, maybe I'm missing, you know, the opportunity to make some sense, whatever. It was just kind of weird. Well, then one day I had a guy, uh, Adam Bloomston, who's my co-founder, same deal. I booked, he booked a trip. Me and his son Strickland went out, hammered like 23 pounds of smallmouth. Where we are, it's unheard of, big swim baits. And he was like, oh my gosh, I want to book a trip next week. And I said, Adam, I said, I don't know, the bite, the bite's going to change, but I said, I'm booked for like three months, dude. I Like I'm booked up until forever. And uh, he goes, well, dude, I have my own boat. He said, you know, why don't you write me up a tip and, and I'll, I'll pay you, you know, like your minus your gas money and minus your labor. So whatever you think that tip is worth, you're going to write it up and sell it to me. And I was like, deal, you know? And uh, so I, I broke, I was like, Hey, if the conditions are this, if there's a wind out of the West hit this point, if there's sun, you need to, you know, these fish will set up on this specific brush pile, they'll eat this. And uh, you know, I just made a really dialed in tip and he paid me $200. And uh I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try this with some other people. So, you know, every day, I mean, as a guide, we guide on 20 different lakes in North Georgia, upstate South Carolina, Western North Carolina, you know, tournament lakes, Lake Chattoog, Lake James, um, you know, all, a lot of these lakes, uh, lakes that are uh, great vacation lakes, people just coming up, they want to go fishing, whatever, but people were constantly hitting us up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start trying to do this with other people and people, you know, inevitably an hour later, someone said, Hey, I'm coming up to Lake Chattoog, staying for a guy's weekend. We have our own boat. You know, what's the deal? Hey, you don't want a guy trip? No, you don't want to come by the tackle shop? No. Hey, I'm, I'll write up a tip for you for 150 bucks. Oh man. Awesome. Do the same thing. Here's a couple of areas where there's been a bunch of bait, a bunch of aggressive fish. Here's an area where we call hybrids, uh, you know, for 150 bucks. He'd, he'd Venmo me and then I'd send him the information. And then I, so Adam and I, this went on for like a couple of weeks and I texted Adam and like, it was weird. It was like, Adam texted me. I texted Adam. It was like, he's like, dude, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just got the chills. Yeah. Like, there's a platform for this. And he's like, yeah, dude. He goes, I absolutely beat up my guide friends for information because Adam's very successful. He has his own flats boat. He has his own offshore rig. He has his own bass boat. He has all these different boats. He's like, I don't necessarily need the guide. I just need to know what the bite is. Cause he's, dude, he's a businessman. He golfs a lot. He, he likes to hunt, but he grows businesses. He doesn't have time to be like a guide and be on the water. Like that's just not, that's just, not fruitful for him with his deal. He would rather make money, create generational wealth for his family, do things and just say, Hey, you know where the fish are. I, I got buddies coming into town. I want to show them a good time. I'll pay you to tell me where the fish are and I'll take them and you can still maximize your time guiding someone else. So anyways, that was kind of the birth of the idea. And then we sat on it for some time and, uh, you know, I was still doing this. And then, uh, my wife and I, we owned some Airbnbs in Western North Carolina. And I told him, I said, dude, 
this Airbnb thing's really taken off. We have to make a decision. I'm either about to get my general contractor's license and because here's the deal as a, owning a huge tackle shop, y'all boys know because you're fishermen, fishermen that, that like to fish at a high level, but usually have good jobs because fishing's expensive, you know, and most of those guys mm-hmm. are contractors, subcontractors, so forth. So anyways, a lot of the guys that were, you know, coming and shopping with us were doing my real estate. But anyways, I said, Adam, if we're going to do fish tips, let's do fish tips. If we're going to do real estate, tell me fish tips is dumb. And we thought about it and we're like, let's do it. So we hired a tech team or we kind of contracted the tech team to look at an app for us. And then anyways, we ended up finding a CEO uh, or a CTO, Chief Technology Officer, Cal Lott, who is now our CEO, has the whole tech thing. And we created this platform for guides like me and other highly dialed in anglers to be able to monetize their hard work and intellectual property on the water. And uh, that's where we're at with it. I think it's an awesome platform. Right now we have north of, I think we have 37 or 38 users that have made over a thousand dollars already as a secondary passive stream of revenue. And yeah, I think it's really exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know Vance, you had some questions about it. You want to, you want to fire one off? Yeah. So, Austin, you've got a, a background as a guide. You've got people of varying um, experience level on fish tips. I was looking at fish tips the other day, kind of looking around. Yeah. Uh, what's What's your background in terms of tournament fishing? Do you have a lot of experience in the tournament end as well? Are you a tournament guy too? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I came up, I, I love playing baseball and baseball always took priority over fishing, but I qualified for three junior Bassmaster classics. I came up through the Maryland Junior Bass Federation. In fact, my boater in 2007 in the Junior Bassmaster Classic was Boyd Duckett, who then won the Bassmaster Classic on Lay Lake the very next week. Um, but I, so when I got hurt playing baseball, I started the collegiate fishing team at my university. Uh, we finished, so I had a really successful college fishing career. A lot of people that I'm like big in the industry with now are because we fished against each other at a high level in college. But you know, I, I won uh, a Lake Lake Norman Bassmaster Super Regional Tournament, which qualified me for the national championship. I qualified for every national championship every year that I fished in college from high finishes, FLW, BASS. And then I fished the Bassmaster Opens uh, after I'd been guiding for a couple of years. I felt like like my talent and my ability to make decisions was getting better. So I tried the Opens and then my wife and I were super involved with our community. I had some good finishes. I, I like middle of the pack. I, I always finished like out of 200 boats, I'd finish like a hundredth, a hundred tenth or whatever at, at Chickamauga, which isn't too far from me. Uh, I, ha- I think I finished 12th or 13th at Chickamauga. Uh, but it was like, man, I, I love tournament fishing. Like it's, it's awesome. I love it. I have a huge background in it. I have a ton of friends to do it. Uh, I have a ton of respect for the, the hardcore pro guys, but this is what I know, dude is uh, it's really, really, really hard to make it tournament fishing. So. Yeah, well, you got paired with a very interesting guy there, Boyd Duckett. Not only was he a great angler, but what a business mind. You said you were an entrepreneur major in college. Did you learn anything from Boyd about the business side of fishing while you were fishing with Boyd that day? Yeah, well, 100%, man. He had told me some great life advice, and I've got another great mentor uh, in fishing a guy named Epic Eric, Eric Glosso, he's on Instagram, but they told me, look, if you want to fish for a living, you're going to have to create a business either in the fishing industry or out of the fishing industry that allows you passive income or financial freedom to fish for a living. You know, Boyd was an entrepreneur. He actually, I don't know how many people know this, but he actually started in the trucking business, trucking industry. 
and then so forth. And then, you know, Eric Galasso, he did, he never fished professionally. He definitely has the skill and knowledge too. Um, but you know, he, he, he did this IT company and anyways, they always said, Hey, remember like money is an unfortunate reality. Like money, unfortunately makes the world spin and you like fishing is expensive. You're going to have to make it. You can't make it on tournament fishing. And Boyd was a great entrepreneur. A lot of my great friends. I mean, even I'm from the Northeast. I spent some time around Iconelli. He said, Hey, you've got to be able to make money outside of fishing or figure out how to monetize fishing outside of just tournaments. And um, anyway, so yeah, those guys definitely inspired me to become an entrepreneur in the industry. It led to me being coming a fishing guide, running a, a big YouTube channel, a, a guide business, a tackle shop. We rig boats, you know, so I definitely learned that the entrepreneurship mentality within fishing will get you further than just tournament fishing. That's a great point. I got an opportunity like you, Austin. I've worked around the industry forever because I can't catch enough to pay my bills. Right. So those types of things. And, and I was talking with one of my mentors the other day and he talked about that because he called and he said, Hey, which hat do you have on right now? Or you got your anger channel hat on, you're doing your, what do you got going on? I said, well, what's it matter to you? Which one are you wearing? You yeah. know, and we kind of joke because sometimes it's a janitor cap. Right. And um, I think you hit on something that I hadn't given consideration to because at Angler's Channel and in my world, I'm so tunnel vision on bass and bass tournaments. But the other side of the people who like to fish, right? Like you hit on a segment of people I didn't really give much consideration to when we were paying to do this. But people that are busy, people who can throw some money at something way easier than they can throw some time at something. So, and and then also, like you said, your your buddies throwing some money at it as an investment from the perspective of, hey, I'm bringing in key clients. I don't want to take them out on the lake and have a lane time because happy clients, you know, happy wife, happy life, same thing with clients and in business. So, you know, you, you made a comment before we came on air, something, something clicked and it kind of gave you chills. And, and when you started talking about those other segments, I thought, okay, I got to take, I got to take a 10,000 foot view instead of a 1000 foot view. Oh, a hundred percent. A lot of people don't realize Fishing, dude, 50 million people bought fishing licenses last year in the United States. 50 million. Do you know how many of those guys are hardcore bass fishermen? Uh, I don't want to know because I've got businesses built around. <laughs> I'm with you, though. Yeah, like like about 2%. So like a million, a million of those guys are hardcore tournament anglers. That means 49 million anglers recreationally fish and just want to go out and have success. And, and listen, like I've been telling guys this the whole time. Dude, you were talking to someone who fished the Opens, Bassmaster College Series, Bassmaster Classic, still a dream of mine. Uh, like, I, I, love, I love figuring out the fish. I don't like getting the help necessarily, you know, even though this still happens. Like, I, I get the hardcore wanting to figure out my own fish, but I'm like, listen, dude, my dad, he's got five buddies. They go down to Okeechobee or they literally put it, drop a pin in Florida every year with a blindfold and they want to go fish the local lakes down there. They don't fish tournaments. They just want to go out and have a Florida bass fishing experience. And like, traditionally my dad, who's just a recreational angler is like, I can either pay a guide $600 for one lake, or now I could spend $150 on four different tips and get tips for multiple different lakes and, and, you know, just fish experience, different stuff, fish, different stuff. And uh, dude, there's a whole world though of just recreational guys that are not the gung-ho Austins and Danny's advances mm. of like, it's tournaments or die, baby. You know, like there's a whole tons of people, man, that just are like, man, I fish once or twice a month. And truthfully, they just want to go out and have success. 
Yep. No, that's right. And, and, you know, I've, I do some, some stuff on the tackle side and I've said that all along, I can't focus on selling tackle to just a bass fisherman because of the, to your point, the other 50 million people that don't tournament bass fish, yeah. they like tackle too. So, so you know, that kind of leads me to my next question. You're obviously a data guy. You got a CTO. You're probably monitoring your side and what's coming through there. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what early data is telling you about, about who's on the platform, uh, tournament versus recreational, like we talked about. What's yeah. jumping out at you in regards to the demographics? Who is the yeah. guy or gal? Yeah, so so 100% we're data-driven, and there's some things that we can't necessarily track, and there's things that we can necessarily track, uh, that we can track. And that is like, our users tend to be, uh, so from a seller's perspective, it's a younger demographic. It's guys that I would say are 45 to 20-ish years old, a lot of guys are either part-time guys uh, or part-time guides, full-time guides. They're collegiate anglers. They're guys that are trying to make it in the fishing industry and just understand they need multiple sources of revenue. Um, some of these guys are big tournament professionals. Uh, you know, Ben Milliken's on our platform, which is absolutely huge. People are like, holy cow, Ben's on the platform. You know, we have a ton of those guys. And then as far as buyers go, we have a ton of middle-aged men that are upper middle class, higher class that once again, they're businessmen, they're, they do, they have lives, they've got children, they don't have time to be on the water all the time. And, uh, you know, they're like, Hey, it's going to take, you know, maybe they make $200,000 a year and, you know, per the hour, that's $400 an hour, whatever it is. And they're like, if it takes me four hours to figure out fish, I've essentially wasted $1,600 or I can spend $200 get a tip to point me in the right direction. And then they have enough ability to expand on just a tip because it is just a tip. It's like, Hey man, it's overcast, you know, low ceiling day, try, try fishing top water a little longer. If the sun comes out, try hitting the docks. Just something that simple dude is valuable to a lot of these guys that don't have the time on the water and everything. So uh, we've seen a lot of uh, a co college anglers on. And then another thing too, uh, a college anglers on that are sellers, like, you know, their, their universities are close to a lake. They're fishing all the time. You know, their parents are like, mm -hmm. stop swiping the credit card, make your own money. And now this is a great <laughs> opportunity. They're on the water, they're figuring it out and they're selling. Uh, and then likewise, dude, it's astronomical. The amount of parents that have children that fish in some kind of high school bass fishing deal. And the parents don't even know where to start, man. And the parents are willing to say, Hey man, they're, they're going to buy a tip just to just to try to help their kid catch a fish and and honestly not not feel like a loser you know right so yeah, we, we just worked a youth high school tournament uh, last weekend and the, I got a good vibe of just the differences the kids that had fishing dads or fishing uncles versus the kids who wanted to fish with nobody who you know bow or stern we don't we don't know which way's which on the boat but man, right. we want our kid to be successful that's a great point. You know, yeah. one thing that jumped out of me, I looked at your site after you and I met, I came back and I looked at the site right after the college championship. And I saw that some of the students that I had weighed in on stage and seen them come across the stage, they had stuff for brush pile locations, right? And it's yeah. like, hey, five fish came off this brush pile and they weren't asking ridiculous money, 25 bucks, 50 bucks for the waypoints. And I thought, okay, so here's some young guys that said, you know what, we're not gonna be back to Hartwell in a while chance to pick up some gas money for the ride home i'll throw them on there and see what happens and it looked like after watching it it looked like the, that information got consumed and those kids got paid and you know they may never go back to hartwell but they got a little bit of something out of it so 100%. i thought that was great um when i was telling vance about some of this stuff he hit me with a bunch of different questions because it, 
you've done an awesome job of showing the, the depth and breadth of what you're looking at. But I know that we've got some more stuff we want to hit on. Vance, yeah. what's rattling around with you? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. I'm, I'm reminded of the old commercial, the Hair Club for Men commercial, where the guy says, I'm not just a president, I'm also a customer. Yeah. Austin, how much did your desire for good information uh, shape your interest in building this platform? Are you kind of a customer, too, or one of the, in that profile, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I definitely have uh, desires for information. I mean, I think it would totally, we'd be lying to ourselves to say, and when we're scrolling on Instagram and see someone catching a big bass, we all think one thing. What do we think? How'd they catch it? How'd they catch it? So there is that innate desire in all of us to say, how, how'd he catch it? How'd he catch it? And now it's like, holy cow, if he's a seller on the platform and he's telling us how he's catching them, like we can purchase that and he can, we can reward him for his hard work. And then now, you know, we obviously get educated on the knowledge of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, dude, I think about like maybe bass fishing for me, maybe not so much because I really like figuring it out and trying to play my, my skill level and so much. But even when I say that, dude, when I was fishing the opens and was coming into town, I still had buddies who I was staying with. They're like, they're not, that are not fishing the open tournament. They're like, dude, let me tell you what the fish have been doing. And you can't, you can't run from the information. There's always going to be information. Like, like I tell people, dude, Ben Milliken is one of, if not the best angler I've ever spent time with in the boat. Anytime Ben goes anywhere, guess what people want to do? They want to tell Ben how they're catching fish and where they're catching fish because he's Ben Milliken. You cannot run from the information thing. But, you know, I have my own boat. So maybe if I was going to St. Clair to fish for smallmouth, I would try to figure out, be like, all right, I want to catch like 25 pounds or 20 pounds. But guess what? I'm also like, dang, I have no idea how to catch walleye, dude. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like, I'm, or, or a muskie. I don't even know where to start. Or maybe I take my boats, to, my boat to the coast, and I want to go catch some redfish. And like, I can do the YouTube search, like a popping cork and a shrimp, and it's like, you know, this stuff. But a local guy down there is going to be able to say, "Hey, man, on an outgoing tide, the fish have been setting up like this, and so forth." So I, I would say, because I originally was like, I don't see myself, you, you know, being a buyer, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Of course, I'd be a buyer, dude. I know nothing about fly fishing. If I had, if I was going on family vacation to Colorado with, because I have my own rods, I've got tons of my own, you know, fly stuff. I have no idea how to do anything in fly fishing, but I can cast and I know the names of the of the uh, flies. And if a guy was like, Hey, use this fly and here's some areas to hit, you know, and he wants $150, dude, I could either book him for a thousand dollars or he can go guide someone for a thousand dollars, make an extra $150 and point me in the right direction. I mean, it's like, I'm definitely a user. I could see everybody being a user and I want to say something. And this is probably like, this is like where a lot of the controversy is, I think, because I'm, I'm loud and I'm passionate everybody gets some sort of information. I don't care who they are. I, the thing, the thing that had kind of got me in trouble on social media, I was like, all the pros are getting information. And they're like, how dare they say that? I said, no, 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 no. I never said a cheating. I never called Gerald Swindle a cheater. Never called Jordan Lee a cheater. I never called anyone a cheater. I just said, everybody in some form or fashion is getting information, whether it's YouTube, whether it's talking to other tournament competitors, maybe um, before the lake goes off limits, you're talking to your, one of your best friends lives on the lake. Like everybody is getting information. I just think there's this, honestly, there's like this deep rooted pride and ego that's like, I don't get information. I figure out everything on my own. It's like, listen, I understand that. I understand you want to feel like the big, big bad dog, but I'm like, 
it's okay to say like, hey man, my buddy really helped me out in this deal. Or I just, I, I don't think there's a problem with information. I'm just saying not everybody has the ability to capture information. Like, dude, I'm friends with Jake Whitaker, uh, Jonathan Kelly, like tons of elite series guys, guys on the Bass Pro Tour. Like not everybody has those networks, you know? So anyways, I hope that answered your question and, and kind of cleared some things up in a way too. I can talk. You so. can, you can, man. You got the gift of gab and that's awesome. You got passion that's coming across. I love that. And actually you kind of jumped into what I was looking at. You know, my next question was that storm that yeah. kind of rolled through. And, and my thought on it was, was I don't think they're mad about the product. I think they're mad about a particular comment. And what shocked me is, is that you went right to it again, right? You're like, dude, this is what I said. And this is what I meant. So you're, can I, you're can, I ask, can I ask you a question? Hmm? What's your home like? I'm on the Ohio River. Okay. So hypothetically, if Gerald Swindle, if you worked at a tackle shop, Gerald Swindle came in and was just fishing for tackle and you know, he's Gerald Swindle. Would you be like, Hey, Gerald, they've been eating this really good lately. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So did Gerald get information? Right. Okay. So listen, and I'm not saying that's cheating. I've never caught, dude, I listen, if Polinick walks in, if one of those guys, I'm like, Hey man, this is how I'm catching them because the human's innate desire is to be liked by others. And we naturally are going to tell people. So thus everyone's getting information. And like I had said, Gerald, Jordan Lee, like, dude, I'm not, I'm not calling you guys cheaters, bro. I'm just saying we all get information. What I don't like is the guys that are like, they, they get on the platform or they're like, I can't believe you, you know, you, you have, you're selling information. It's like, well, you're a fishing guide. Every time you take someone fishing on a guide trip, you're selling technically information. Anytime you're monetizing your YouTube video, technically you're monetizing information. Mm -hmm. Everybody's already doing this in the industry in some capacity. This is just a differentiated revenue source to that. So. No, I, I'm, you know, initially I was not with you on it, but a couple of things that have been said that, that really resonated. One, it is the age of information. And, and so it, it does come all the way, everywhere, all the time. And the thing that I was thinking about that kind of made me figure out where I stood on the issue is, uh, like Vance, Vance has covered the industry from a riding capacity. I've been there from the event side. I've got to know a lot of these anglers, guys that you've mentioned, guys that you haven't, but to be behind the scenes, right? And what I can say is, is that there's a brotherhood amongst them where they earn street credit and they earn each other's respect from the grind and the hustle. Of course. Right. 100%. And, and so that may be where the rub is coming in. And, and let me expand on that because street credit and respect among your peers leads you to have colleague and a peer style conversations. Right. And so when you're a big deal and your buddy's a big deal and you're talking about things, you are getting information in the sense that, well, I'm talking to the best worm fisherman on the tour and he's telling me something about a worm. Right. That's something I didn't know. And maybe I'm the best whatever fisherman on tour and I share something. So 100 percent. So I see that. And those that are in the circle feel like it was earned through the grind and the street credit. Mm -hmm. you've created something where if somebody's got money and there's a willing party on the other side, now it's just transactional. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really the paradigm thing that's kind of got people a little bit wadded up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar kid from middle America. I'll never be able to just peel off 
to buy access or to yeah. peel off to know these things. Yeah. Also, probably won't ever develop enough street credit to be inside those conversations of those circles. Of right. Course. Yeah. And so it sucks to be left out of anything. And, and it, you know, it is kind of an alienation thing when money can do it, but I get the platform and I, and I got a great, a lot better understanding of a guy that I wasn't thinking about. Yeah. And I think you've hit on some really good things about how subtle the information is. Yeah. Right? And your point is, is that in some capacity, there's some amount of information. It may not be go here, do this. Yeah. But something as simple as, Hey man, when the water's falling on the Potomac, this is always something that happens, right? Well, so, and that's, that's exactly right. Like I'm good friends with Jake Whitaker, dude. And I, Jake, I'm a glide bait guy. You know that I was talking about mm -hmm. glide baits with you. I love it. Jake was like a couple of years ago. He's like, Hey man, uh, I know this glide bait thing's getting big, you know, talk to me about glide baits and herring lakes. I'm a guide on herring lakes. Talk, I like glide baits like this. It just works. I talked him through it. Did that help him on Lake Hartwell? Did it hurt? I never, we never talked about Lake Hartwell. Did Jake get information? And once again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying, in fact, as a fisherman, I think you're kind of a moron if you go fishing without some kind of information. You know, like mm -hmm. you're always, and everyone's calling their buddy after a tournament. Hey man, how'd you end up catching them? Maybe they caught them on a stupid tube. Maybe they mm -hmm. caught them on a jig, maybe whatever. We're always getting some kind of information. And, and like I said, there's just always, and like, and agreeing with you, the subtlety of the information. So I want to say something real quick too, because, because you hit on it. It's the idea of uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. The hang up for people is where does fish tips fall on that? Is mm -hmm. fish tips giving the man the fish and feeding him for the day, or is it teaching him to fish and feeding him for a lifetime? Because a lot of people respect the teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. And people are like, oh, you're just giving handouts with the, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, what is it? Because here's the deal. We're definitely not hooking the fish and taking them to the spot and telling them to reel them in. These people right. still have to go out on the water. They still have to figure out things. They got to figure out, dude, there's, and you guys know this, there's so much more to fishing than just a waypoint. There is boat positioning. There's casting accuracy. I mean, this happened literally three days ago. I guided a gentleman and we went fishing and uh, he said, I want you to fish. And I said, you want me to fish? And he said, I want you to fish. I want to see how you do it. I said, all right, I'm going to fish and show you how I do it. And then I want you to duplicate it. And this specific bite involved extreme casting accuracy where you're putting the lure, extreme ability to work a glide bait and know when to twitch it, when to pause it, when to pull it away from the fish, when to slow it down. Okay, I caught, uh, I caught 22 fish to his two. So even telling him, bringing him to the fish and everything, there's so much more that's unfolded. And just like, hey, if I give someone a waypoint, which by the way, on our platform, you don't even have to sell waypoints. But if I give someone a waypoint, it takes a lot more, dude. Maybe the wind comes from a different direction. Maybe they sit up on that waypoint and the wind, the wind blows their boat over the brush pile. Guess what? The waypoint's worthless. All those fish are spooked and they ain't biting. Like there's yeah. so many things that go into it. So it's like, where does it fall? Is fish tips, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, or is it teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime? Some people see it like it's, it's giving a man a fish and it's not making the sport any better. And some people are like, no, they still have to go out and earn it. And that's where I land on it. I'm like, this is just an educational platform and everyone pays for education, whether it's college, 
you know, whether it's with your time, everyone's paying for education. We just, just created a platform for you to literally pay for education. Man, Vance, that covered a bunch of the stuff we had written down, but I'm sure it left you with a thought or two. You want to, you got something you want to unbox? Yeah, I just, you know, my thing is I'm old enough to have a box full of these, man. Old paper maps. Oh, yeah. got <laughs> GPS coordinates on it, right? I mean, yeah. who provided these tips? Fishing guides provided these tips, right? They paid somebody, paid the guides, right? These maps. So at the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun. And man. tournament anglers are allowed to access all kind of information, you know, via the uh, internet and all. And of course, the way it's written, the rules are written is uh, if it's common knowledge, common access, all good. The problem is they, you know, the rules say you can't hire a guy, solicit information from a guy within so many days of the tournament. I think that maybe that's where some of the fear is coming from. And anytime somebody's acting ugly, I think it comes from a place of fear. Uh, that said, there's a part of me that, that thinks you kind of had to see some of that controversy coming when you built this platform, right? Or were you blindsided no, by No, no, that's a that's a great point, Vance. Literally, dude, when we had the idea, I was like, and I'm a Christian. I'm very prayerful. I'm like, I said, Adam, I, I said, I want to pray about this. Cause I'm like, there's so many hurdles. There's so many hurdles to overcome. Like for instance, the review process, can I tell you something that is really hard for us to think about because there's so many different skill levels involved with anglers that are buying tips. Mm -hmm. um, there's different equipment levels. Some people have deep V walleye boats. Some people have bass boats. If I'm like, Hey, the fish are in two foot of water, a deep V walleye boat can't even get there. So they might review the tip bad or, you know what, there's so many little factors that play into this. And I knew there was going to be hurdles and with hurdles comes some form of controversy. And listen, any kind of marketplace, any kind of disruptor in a market. Dude, do you remember the cab industry when Uber came out? Do you remember? Like there was uproars of, of people in New York City. The cab industry was protesting or Airbnb, the hotel industry was like, you got to make this illegal. Like the hotel industry is still doing great. Airbnb is still doing great. Cab drivers in New York still doing great. Uber drivers still doing great. I do think there's that fear of like, what's this going to do to the industry? But I, I'm telling guys, there's so much information that's already exchanged. I don't think you're going to notice any difference. This is just, a, once again, an extension of something like you said, that's already been going on, man. Before, and exactly right, I've literally, in my store, I've got maps right outside of my door right here. I've had people come in and say, hey, man, I'll pay you $50 to circle some banks, circle some docks, circle some stuff. It's been going on for years. Simply, our business platform, just being 100% honest, we've kind of ripped off the Band-Aid and said, hey, this is just a platform that all this stuff's already taken place. We're just creating a platform to make it a little easier uh, for people that don't necessarily know or people who want to be in the know and or people who want to make some extra income. Speaking of the controversial uh, aspect of what you're doing, what are some specific comments that you're getting that, you know, people are addressing, you know, how they're feeling about this? A hundred percent. The one biggest comment as far as controversy is concerned is Hey, I'm Gerald Swindle. Gerald brought this up in, a, in another podcast. He said, hey, what if somebody drives by me, sits their boat down, drops a waypoint on my stuff, goes on, and they are a verified seller on our platform? And I was like, that is a great question. So let's talk about it. So I said, one, I said, you know, it doesn't matter who you are in a raft boat. I'm a guide. I run a raft boat. Do you think anyone has ever dropped a waypoint on something I'm fishing? Right. That's happening. Every day. That exactly every day. That's already happening. In fact, 
if we are honest with ourselves, we've all drove past somebody and seen them fishing something we've never fished before. And we've said, huh, or maybe they're even bent up and got, got one on. And we're like, huh. And we're like, maybe that's something I need to go look at. And we go back and fish it. And listen, every fisherman has done. It. And I like the pride and ego thing, drop it down. It's all good. We've all done it. So, you know, like, so I told Gerald, like, Gerald, do you think people are already doing that? Yes, there are guides that drive past Gerald Swindle when he's out on Gunnersville and say, oh, Gerald's fishing out. I'm going to come by and check it later. So people are already monetizing his, 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 his waypoints or spots. And this is happening. Like I said, fishing is kind of a cutthroat deal. But here's the deal. Someone cannot get on our platform and say, this is Gerald Swindle's fishing holes, because we don't think that's socially acceptable. That's just like not cool. Now, if that guide says, hey, I caught him really good on you know, and has a picture of two big ones and has some waypoints or has some areas, whatever. And they just so happen to be areas that Gerald's also fished. We don't need, I don't even know how we would control that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's right. not, they're not Gerald's fish. They're not the guide's fish. They're the lake's fish and the lake is public water. Um, so, you know, we obviously, you can't get on and say, I followed Brandon Polinick and here's where he caught his fish. And which by the way, Bassmaster already zooms in on you on these tournaments, you can literally follow these guys because all of them have tracking devices and satellites. You can already see where they're fishing. Like, I'm like, Gerald, like all this stuff that you're fearful of, man, this is already happening. A lot of this stuff's already happening at a, at a really big level. Uh, so I went down to fish. I was on a hair chain last, uh, this past year, fishing the kayak tournament back in, in an area. And me and this guy got talking. I'm like, yeah, that's, ex this is exactly where the golden ram almost go, he called it nine pounder, you know, Cliff Perks is in there. He yeah. called it nine, nine three right here on that reed head. <laughs> yeah. You can watch it on live and you can literally see, you know what I mean? The spots where they're fishing. This is common uh, knowledge. A hundred, a hundred percent. And you know, like, like I said, like this information thing's already going on and that, so, well, and like I said, the whole, that, that is the number one controversy question is the, what I just addressed. People are like, you know, can this happen? And the answer is if they make it just flagrant, Hey, uh, this is the golden Ram spot. This is where he called his nine pounder. We're like, eh, that's not how that's like, that's not the precedence we want to set for our platform, but you can be like, Hey, I caught a big fish here. And if you caught a big fish there and it just so happened to be in the same spot, brother, that happens on every lake in the country, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. So that's been the biggest thing. And I hope, I hope that cleared, cleared up uh, the air on that. So nah, I think, I, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, and people are like, you must have never had anything cutthroat happen. Dude, I've been guiding for a decade. I have competition that first got started guiding on my boat, running my stuff, my graphs, my everything. Right. People, people are like, you must not have ever had anything cutthroat happen to you. And I'm like, I've probably had the most cutthroat thing happen to me. I trained these people that are now my competition. Like, you know what? The reality is it's just part of, it's part of human nature. It's part of the industry. Like there's going to be shady stuff. We listen, we, as a platform, we stand for honesty. We stand for integrity. We stand for rule following. We want people to obey the rules. Like we want that period across the board like we desire people to be honest and have integrity with people you know a lot of people have projected their own insecurities into this and i and i've used it and this has also been moderately controversial i it's like you guys it's, a, it's very similar to gun control if i have a handgun on the table is it a good handgun or a bad handgun i would just simply say it's a handgun if it's in my hand 
It protects me. It protects my business, my family, my friends. If it's in the hand of someone who wants to do evil things with it, it's a tool for heinous things. This platform can be used in amazingly beneficial ways. Are there going to be people that want to do ugly things with it? hundred percent, but that's not the morality of the platform. That's the morality of the man. And it's important. You can't project the morality of man into an inanimate object that doesn't have morality. I can't do that with a gun. I can't do that with headphones. I can't do that with a microphone. I can't do it you know, with anything. It's like, Hey, ultimately the human heart has to decide what it's going to do with anything. And that's where this platform, I see it being a beneficial transaction for a buyer and a seller. A guy can make money with his love and passion for fishing and someone else that doesn't have the time to be on the water can get information. And that's where the worlds collide. Wow. You know, you got to get out and tell your story because the passion comes across and, and the thought you put into it comes across. Um, the morality issue of the platform, I think, is an excellent point. And honestly, it's not something I think people that are just seeing snippets of what you're doing or seeing the social yeah. banter. I don't think that you're getting credit for having, you know, it, it doesn't come across that you're getting credit for get, for thinking about it that way or that deeply, you know, and, and I pick up on a passion and I don't know how the rest of our audience will, you know, yeah. in regards to that. But you hit on something and, and kind of you've done such a great job of explaining the platform. But so if I put on my consumer hat, I decide I want to buy a tip. You hit yeah. on something a while ago. It's got to be a challenge for you guys to manage the consumer side of expectations. Yep. 100%. Because I'm, you know, if I'm a guy with a deep V Lund who wants to get a tip on the Ohio River, well, my tip is don't bring a deep V Lund. <laughs> right. And, and so. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that guy's going to show up with that and he's going to pay money for the tip, whether it's here, there or wherever. Yeah. Um, do you have a policy or, or how do you offer a little bit of buyer protection or is it buyer beware? You, do they have to kind yeah. of know? So uh, just help me go get through that part of it. Yeah. So, you know, first off, all of the sellers on our platform, and if any of your listeners on the platform, you know, call them a local expert or a tournament guy, say, hey, like I love fishing and I'm willing to share some knowledge and help people who are willing to buy. Uh, you get on our platform, you walk through the process, you create a profile and then you fill out, uh, you know, maybe your local expert, whatever. And we make you tag your Facebook, your Instagrams, your YouTube channel, whatever it is to say like, Hey, we validate you or verify you. Like this guy is who he said he is. I, you know, guys have been like, well, how many people do you not verify? And I'm like, dude, there's tons. I get, we get 20 new signups a day of people. And of those that get verified, maybe only four or five of those get verified because people are like, you know, former professional bass fishermen or whatever. And then they're linking their Instagram and they're, it's a bunch of cat pictures. It's like, I, I don't think you're a trusted seller on my platform. I wouldn't trust you on our platform. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, how do I know guys aren't going to post crappy tips? I'm like, well, I'm dream catchers. Like, I just, I just saw our, our, uh, our little statistic, like this month we've reached 550,000 people on our social media, you know, abroad, my reputation's on the line, guys who are on the platform, their reputation's on the line. If someone's like Ben Milliken selling dog crap, dude, word's going to get out that Ben Milliken selling like, you know, so personal mm -hmm. reputation is a huge thing. And that's why we want people to sign up with validated bank accounts with their legal names and everything is verified on that process. With that being said, there are times, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, for instance, a guy had put up a tip 
in an area that was borderline legal and illegal to fish. And somebody had bought that tip and said, hey, I went to access this. I didn't feel right going to fish where these fish were being caught. And we contacted the seller and we contacted the buyer and let them talk about it. And then they felt like it was safe to issue a refund. So what we do is because the review process is hard, because once again, like I've been a, a, a big swimming guide for a decade and uh, Danny, maybe you, I just taught you to throw big swimming. Maybe you mm -hmm. bought a big swim bait tip or something. There's ways we, so one, you can review the tip and let's say you're like, man, it, there were a lot of fish there or whatever, but I didn't catch any. And maybe you have haste or anger that you're like, I didn't catch any. So you're like two out of five. Well, we connect the buyer and seller and want them to make amends and say, Hey, okay, what, maybe, maybe you could have used a fluke. Maybe you could have used a wacky rig and maybe, and then all right. of a sudden, you know, but we handle, we, cause once again, as a guide on this platform, I'm like, look, if I'm selling something and someone's like, I didn't catch any fish. I want a refund. I'm like, whoa, 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 bro. I spent years and years. I'm telling you, that's the juice. You just, you know, couldn't catch fish. And I've had this happen, dude. I took out a guy, a husband and wife. They were perch fishing. We hammered the perch, like a hundred perch. It was unbelievable. He went the next day on his boat and couldn't catch him. And I was out on a guy trip. He found me and he goes, Hey man, I'm not catching the perch. And I'm kind of upset that you didn't show us any other perch areas because they're not biting at this hole. And uh, I was like, <laughs> fair enough. So anyways, I said, well, just follow me. Let's go back over there. So I went back over there and was shining the scope. And I'm like, they're still there. I said, they have moved a little bit, just literally right over there. They went over there and they started catching them again. And that's essentially what we're trying to implement on the tech side is to say, okay, maybe a buyer of a tip isn't happy for a plethora of reasons, whatever. It's, it's fair. It's their perspective. It's their life. We understand. But how do we make this right with the buyer? And once again, the buyers, I mean, uh, the sellers, the sellers on our platform are people who one desire secondary revenue. They're maybe they're trying to make it in the industry. They have reputation. They want to, they want to be credible too. So we're, we're organizing those relationships to make, you know, everyone happy uh, at the end of the day. So it's definitely a struggle. The review process and everything is definitely a struggle. You're dealing with humans who are naturally, we're dirty people, you know, uh, you know, freaking, we all have, we're all, we're all broken in some form or fashion, you know, so, but we're just trying to, trying to bring it together and make amends on that. So I hope that answered that question. No, it did. It did. And Vance, I know you kind of, you're, you've been thinking about it from the angler side. What, what, we, we've got to wrap up, but what do you think from the angler perspective, from the old guard that you've covered for so long, where, what kind of questions do you think they'll have? Yeah, I think you made a good point, Danny and Austin, you handled that well. Um, the quality of the tip, the quality of the information, that's going to come a lot of times from more experienced sponsored tournament anglers who, in my experience, dealing with them over the years, tend to shy away from controversy i mean they're a little bit worried about you know their image their reputation mm -hmm. awesome we got quite a few of those guys that listen to this podcast regularly what would you say to them to uh maybe assuage their fears or their you know concerns about getting involved as sellers on fish tips yeah dude that's that's great and i you know look i, I come at this as someone who i i knew going into this this was going to be a polarizing deal because once again, a lot of people, they read the headlines. I, I learned this one time. We live, we live in a headline culture, but God cares about the story. And, uh, you know, I think so many people see headlines and immediately draw conclusions. And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's talk about the story behind this. And I would just tell guys like, hey, if this fits into your business model, dude, then, then do it. There's always going to be people that don't dislike you for reasons, man. I mean, even people put Jesus up on a cross, like, 
the dude was healing people, making people well, and they hung Jesus on a cross. Like there's no one's going to be loved by everybody. I, I would say you, as a man, honestly, you just have to say, does this fit in my business model for me? Dude, I just, I've guided, I had, when I tell you, like, there's going to be people listening to like, no, I helped Austin. Like there are people who did help me and, and saying like, Hey, uh, you know, this bait special, this bait, but dude, I literally was the guy out grinding 300 trips a year for a decade. For me, I'm like all of my, whether it's waypoints, knowledge, whatever, dude, 99.99% of that information is stuff that I have figured out. And for me, I have no problem helping people because a lot of these bites are bites that I figured out on my own. Um, but I would just tell guys like, hey, if this fits in your business model, you're going to have haters, man. Freaking, there's people that love LeBron James. There's people that hate LeBron James. There's people that love Kobe Bryant. There's people that hate Kobe Bryant. You're going to have people that disagree, but ultimately you have to do what's best for you. And if you're trying to make it on the, in the industry, I know that multiple sources of revenue is absolutely vital to your survival. And honestly, if you're somebody that has a family, I mean, dude, I t- if you sell a $100 tip for 50 weeks a year, that's $5,000. That's like, that's pretty good chunk of change, man. That's like a couple vacations, you know? So, I mean, I know at least that's a boat payment. If your boat payment's 500 bucks a month and you're selling a hundred dollar tip a week, like you're almost paying for a boat payment just off a fish tip. So like I said, I would just tell guys, if it fits in your business model, man, kind of break through the fear. You're, you're never going to grow as a human. If you have fear, like, how about this? I heard someone say one time, there's no bravery without fear. And it really inspired me to be great because I'm like, I think we're all scared to do things, but at some point we have to break through that. And that's actually where courage and and bravery comes through. So if it fits in your business model, man, you should really think about doing it. We've had a ton of success so far and we're only getting started. So. Well said, man. I mean, across the board, well said, well thought out. Um, Vance and I, you know, we'll, we'll bat it back and forth a little bit, but I got to say done several of these since I've came over to the Angler's channel and, and you, you're buttoned up on it, man. You, you got, you got a plan and that kind of thing. And you've, you've helped sway my perspective because I, I'm looking at it now from all angling, all fishing, you know, hearing you hit on coastal and fly and all that stuff kind of helped me step back and realize, Hey man, the, the, the little bitty circle that I'm thinking about is a very small part of the platform. And, and 100%. So, so I commend you for the for that perspective. Vance, got anything to wrap up with? No, I think you're exactly right, Danny. We're, being hardcore tournament guys, we're looking at the implications if somebody gets on there and gets information. But as Austin said, there's 50 million licensed fishermen out there who want some good information. And I think the sizzle reel on the uh, site hits it really good when you say, hey, go make some memories this is about enabling people to make memories uh, and and that's that's never a bad thing no doubt man i think about my life and i'm like it's all about experiences and making memories and when i when i'm 80 years old you know i want to look back at the memories i made and i really feel like other people will too and our platform allows fathers sons friends whoever to maximize their life have success on the water and make memories that'll literally last a lifetime so and that's what we're about Austin, awesome job. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we're just taking over in the hosting role, but a big part of what Vance and I want to do going forward is dive deep on some stuff, get to know the story and not the headline. And I think you made a good point on that. Did an awesome job telling your story. So thank you for that. And guys, if you're interested, fishtips.com, you can buy them, you can sell them, you can make some money and you can get out there and learn something. So check them out. 
And with that, we were going to take a quick commercial break and Vance and I will be back to make our last few casts and we will call it a day. Thanks a lot, Austin. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmans.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse, shop one of over 130 locations nationwide and growing. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. All right, guys, welcome back to the AC Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Blanford, co-host Vance McCullough with me. Vance, we just took a pretty deep dive into fish tips. Where are you at, man? Good or evil? Uh, boy, maybe a little of both, but amoral, amoral. It's, it's up to the user and how you want to use it. And uh, I think Austin made some good points that a lot of the anglers, I mean, what, 50 million licenses a year i think you said in the u.s and maybe one million of them are bass fishermen and only a fraction of those are tournament fishermen so there's a lot of people out there who would like to use this technology who are not even bass tournament anglers so the the platform is a wonderful thing i think that presents uh, a lot of opportunity for people and it presents some opportunity for some you know, bass anglers to i don't know man but what get cheap information is it is it against the rules what he's doing I, I mean, dude, I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess the only rules right now are no information, right? I mean, you can't purchase, buy, or barter within a no information period, but um, that leaves most whole... tournament organizations. But like, what about a club tournament? You know, I mean, I, dude, I don't know. But the I've top never, level yeah. pros, yeah, they they know the rules. They know what they're supposed to be doing, and it's up to them to police themselves. I believe. You know? Yeah, you know, and, and to your point, at the local level, I don't know that local guys would sell their information for their local spots, right? I know I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. they're, they're too scarce in that regard. But, you know, as far as Austin, man, what a well-spoken individual. And he came across as a, just genuine. Like, he's coming from a position of passion and a guy who, I don't know, I just, I was surprised by how well-spoken and how well he defended his position. Uh, not that I didn't think he could or anything. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, uh, he's thought about it all a lot. I mean, he, he was mm -hmm. prepared and, and he's put a lot of thought into what he's doing and there's general, general, genuine excitement. And, you know, that's one of the big keys to business success is being passionate about it, being excited, excited about it. And uh, clearly yeah, he's, he's got it for the right all. reason. Yeah, I think so too, you know, and I, what kind of drove that home for me, you know, part of what started his conversation was, or his controversy was he came out and he said, look, everybody gets information. And the fishing world went nuts. And so I gave, you know, I tossed him a softball to, to maybe walk that back or explain it, dude. And he did <laughs> no walking back. He doubled down. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, everybody gets information. And so the cool thing for me in that conversation was we, we got into semantics of it, right? And so in his definition of information, 
I agree. Everybody gets it. Now, some of that, I think, is like street credit type stuff, right? If you're rooming with a guy that's good at something and, and you guys share information, uh, you're both competitors, so you're not breaking any rules. Let me first say that. But Vance, you or I probably couldn't get that same information because we don't carry the street credit. So this yeah. guy has an opinion or has a platform built where, look, if you want good, juicy tips from guys like Ben Milliken, go buy them, right? And so... I kind of get it now. I, I, I understand his perspective. Uh, I still like the platform better for a dad putting his kid on an awesome day of fishing than I like it for a BFL guy buying Ben Millican spots to beat up on other BFL guys. But <laughs> if it doesn't violate the rule, it's a competitive advantage. Who are we to say anything about it? I mean, look how far everything's yeah. moving. I mean, what a different world yeah. we're in. And, you know, I think... It, it never really hit me, uh, but on the front side of our interview, you made the comment, that's what anglerschannel.com is. It's it's tournament yeah, information. Yeah. And yeah. although we don't sell the lo GPS locations per se, we can absolutely help people have a better trip. So what is mm -hmm. the distinction? And I thought it was real clear before. Now I think it's muddy water. And uh, <laughs> you're more confused than ever now, right? Yeah, it's as clear. It's, it's as clear as mud to me. But uh <laughs> Hey, no, you know what, though, Danny? Well, when you're doing investigations, though, every really good answer turns up more questions. That's mm -hmm. what science is. That's what investigation is, you know? It just does. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I think it's going to be great. I look at his platform. I see content moving through it. I see people are doing it and using it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, I just wish him the best of luck. Uh, you know, you and I could debate this till tomorrow, but we, we've got, a, got some other stuff we want to curt you know, get covered today and talk about, but, you know, folks, while we're talking about this, we're sure you have an opinion on this topic. So be sure to let us hear about it. Uh, a link to this podcast will be posted to Facebook. Uh, we all know that Facebook is the best forum in the world for opinions, right? <laughs> Everybody's got one on Facebook. So make sure you let us hear yours. Uh, on the topic of social, be sure to give us a follow on all the platforms. At this point, we're TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and, and YouTube. And so uh, hit us up and give us a follow. We'd appreciate that. And what I'd like to do now is jump over to the news. Before we do that, though, Vance, uh, I was thinking I needed to take a commercial break, but I don't think I do. That's a rookie mistake. So we'll just keep rolling because uh, we want to talk about tournament news and stuff we've been covering over at anglishchannel.com. So with that mm -hmm. said, the, you know, the most recent scales to officially be closed are the MLF Tackle Warehouse Invitational Scales for Mercury Stop 6. They just wrapped up in La Crosse, Wisconsin on the Mississippi River. Did you get a chance to watch any of that? Dude, I'm going to tell you what, I watched it. And uh, it was the weirdest drama yesterday. It's really, really kind of cool. Um, so obviously they can launch... Uh, I mean, they get lost in one pool. They can lock out the different pools. And pool seven was heads and shoulders above the rest of the pools. The top four guys all went to seven. Okay. Just that eelgrass there. The top four guys almost got locked out and didn't get back the way in. Like the fifth place guy would have won by, by default because a big old barge got in there and tied it in the lock. And uh, Matt Stephan talks in a link to, about it on the Major League Fishing website. It was a really interesting report. He and, uh, you know, Steve Lopez, who finished second, uh, was sitting there kind of talking about it, waiting to get back out of there. Like, 
dude, are we even going to get back to weigh in or not? So it was a really cool drama on a number of fronts. You know, interesting, interesting tournament, including the tight weight. You know, when they got to weigh in, the drama didn't end. It was, uh, man, what an event. What an event. I got a chance to fish up there two Augusts ago for a uh, Bass Northern Regional. It was up there representing our home state of Indiana, and I fell in love with that place. It's awesome. Uh, the fishing's awesome. The the people, the town, the community, everything's great. And I stayed in pool eight. I'm a river guy. Right. And I, you know, I know I, I've got my own lock stories. I couldn't imagine being on the wrong side of the gate with a, you know, close to a hundred grand of fish sitting there. I mean, oh, just sickening. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned Matt winning and I think that's super cool. Matt's been in the space for a long time. I've actually, I actually follow Matt. He does a great job with a lot of his YouTube stuff. And yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of him, too, because uh, he talks about tubes a lot. Right. And so obviously he's based up in Wisconsin. So it's still a thing up there. But he does an awesome job of talking about tubes and uh, the rigging technique I'm most fond of, the stupid rig and things like that. So I found Matt through that and, and I've always enjoyed his content. He does a great job, real genuine guy. And I think I was reading in my stats, uh, top 10s, top 20s. And he's now got his first win after 13 seasons, dude. Yeah. I knew he'd been That's doing a, it for more than a decade. Back to the FLW Tour days, he's been at it a while. Well, congrats to him, man. Anybody that can yeah. survive in this space 13 years as a competitor and not be necessarily winning, that speaks to, you know, they're, they're a good person with marketing abilities that obviously do a good job for their sponsors. And, uh, you know, shout out to him for winning that one. Uh, 13 of his fish came on. Wacky rig stick bait. Shocker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only bring right. that up. I, I only bring that up because as I look through some of our other tournament results, I'm seeing wacky rig stick bait, wacky rig stick bait. So it's the summer dog day stuff um, in most of the country. Now, the Elite Series, those guys are up there at uh, what Taku called, but is that part of Smallmouth Disneyland or not? It looks like Smallmouth sure. Disneyland based on these dude. results, dude. It's not they, even fair. They were straight cracking them. I, I had to print some oh, stuff man. to keep track. But, but if you or I caught 22 pounds of smallmouth, we would feel like king of the world. And if you brought in 22 pounds of smallmouth at the Elite Series at St. Clair yesterday, you did not make the top 10. Top nope. 10 cut was 2203, held by Ed Lawford of Richmond, Virginia. And, hey, 33. Uh, 33 guys weighed in 20 pounds or better that's a third of the field caught 20 pounds or better everybody got a limit the whole field crazy that's crazy from what i'm reading it seems like a lot of roman and scoping right you got any other insight on yeah. it you've been watching on yeah yeah um in fact shane lahue baby shark congrats to him leading day one and uh he's had another good day too today as we're kind of following it you know as it goes down and he he did mention specifically you got to find a four and a half pounder on your scope and get it to bite. Um, Brian Schmidt, third place, caught a one that was over six pounds, and he watched it three times, missed the bait, and finally get it. You know, it's uh that technology is very much in play uh, this week for sure. Those guys have to be so good at it. You know, I'm messing with it here at home, and I have so much trouble now. I'm on a fishery that's got everything under the sun in it, right? Whites, hybrids, stripes, sauger. I mean, you name it. There's they're in that river. But to be able to sit there and look at that thing and know that you're looking at a four and a half pound smallmouth that you need to catch, right? Like that, that's still super impressive to me. 
Have you got to yeah, be in the boat incredible. with people while they're doing it? I mean, have you have you done some coverage of guys that are dialed in? Yeah, I got to fish a little bit with some of the uh, some pros a couple of years ago at a nearby place at a writers conference, and that was educational. I'm gonna tell you the best guys I've ever fished with that, that could use that electronic a couple of years ago was the crappie fishermen. I did a little deal uh, with a buddy of mine over in Mississippi, and it was a crappie fishing deal. Those guys are all over. One of them had like two units. His wife could shoot one one way and he could shoot one the other. I mean, two completely separate units on their pontoon boat. And uh, they've kind of taken it to a new level. The bass fishermen are actually a little bit behind those guys. So uh, it's amazing when what you can do with it when you really get it dialed in, for sure. Yeah, I can't remember which I was reading an article. It's shame on me. I should have made notes. But one of the anglers was talking about in the offseason pan fishing and watching how bait and crappie and things would react in standing timber and you know yeah the, his comment was the 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 bait's not actually what the big fish were eating it's the pan fish that were positioning on the bait so by spending time pan fishing he was realizing how you know crappie and bluegill set up on structure at different times based on different conditions which then changes when the big bass show up to eat them right so that's expert yeah. level that's stuff right there yeah expert yeah level. That, that's the kind of stuff we're learning from this technology. And whether you're a Luddite like me and you just want to go out with a flipping stick and a frog every day, or if you're just really into it, we're all learning a lot of really cool stuff, uh, you know, through this technology. And, uh, it's yeah, just, no, it's, you know, the state yeah, of the art is really being advanced rapidly right now. We live in very interesting times uh, in the fishing community. Well, you know, I said, I think I said on a podcast, the earlier rendition of the podcast, that I look forward to the day that, everything's just communicating with a heads up display on my glasses. Right. And you and I, we were yeah. at ICAST and we, we saw that we have a real talking to a set of glasses now. So maybe <laughs> we're getting closer, right? Maybe we're getting closer. Yeah. You know, as, as far yeah. as that elite series event up there, man, they've got a, they've got a lot of competition in this Northern swing. I noticed uh, Brandon Cobb and we had him on the show earlier this year. He felt good about ALY and he felt good about his chances as he headed North. He's now in a dead heat with uh, Alabama angler, Kyle Welcher. So they're tied for Angler of the Year after day one. Now that'll shift some today based on their performance and stuff, but they're right there together with 579. And then uh, Drew Cook, he's not that far behind him, you know, and, and Drew knows how to win and how to close things out too. So yeah. uh, they're right there. And then uh, for the Rookie of the Year race, Joey Fuentes, another guest on the podcast, he won down your neck of the woods on Seminole this year, uh, drop shot yep. in deep timber of all things during the spawn. And he's, he took the lead in the Rookie of the Year race. And, and looking at Bass Track today, he had a heck of a day, man. I think he cracked the 23-pound yeah. mark. So um, he's putting some space between himself and uh, Fujita and Will Davis Jr. So a lot of good fishing and going on. And, definitely heating up, yeah. And they still got two more days what, of catching them. Yeah. Somebody's going to catch him for another two days. I mean, you're going to have to bring it uh, weight-wise to win the event but one fellow who's definitely not eligible for rookie of the year would be rick clun he's been doing it so long but his wife melissa posted something on uh instagram yesterday that i thought was really cool last night when i was looking you know rick was way down in the standings he had like 16 pounds but she said you know he called her and said nobody had more fun than him though he said he caught 20 smallmouth had a blast setting the hook that lake he said it's just something else he said that's just good for his soul competition or no competition just 
the level of enjoyment that man still has fishing at that level after all these years and uh what a fun fishery that is it does your heart good to hear you know what i mean some of these guys have been doing it so long and you and you think it's all about the competition and the money and whatnot and sometimes you remember why we got into this in the first place man it's just fun to set a hook you know oh without a doubt i think i saw melissa also had a, a happy birthday post to rick this week and i don't know i don't remember yep. which birthday yep. it was but yeah to be out there doing that at that age now i will say when you've accomplished as much as rick it's probably easier to step back and soak it in if you or i had that entry if you or i had that entry fee on the line out of our pockets uh would be like yeah. a cat in a room full of rocking chairs right but uh yeah when you've accomplished and done what he's done to, to be able to step back and, and recognize it in the moment, you know, I think that's always been his deal though. Right. He's probably one of the most mindful anglers in the space, or at least that's my perception mm -hmm. of him. So good for him to be out there doing it. it. Did you see the age? It's not sticking with me, but it's well into his seventies. Yeah. It's 75 or 76. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. that's freaking amazing. I hope that I could be competing at an elite level of anything. I would take elite pickleball in my mid seventies. If I could still be doing that, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> right. You know, right. you know, so that was cool. Um, obviously those guys are going to catch them. That coverage is going to be available Saturday and Sunday. I think they, they make a cut today, but then there'll be some good footage on FS one on Saturday and Sunday. So if you want to watch guys strolling around and cracking big small mouth, I'm assuming on drop shots, um, that's available, right? So I've got to get out yeah. and fish a little bit this weekend. I don't think I'll be watching a lot of it, but I'll always check in in the evenings to see what's going on. You know, going from a guy like Rick in his 70s competing at the elite level, uh, to your point about the sport and loving the hook sets, you know, I, I grabbed the uh, high, the Strike King high school Bassmaster High School National Championship is going on down at Lake Hartwell. Our friends at yep. Visit Anderson, South Carolina, are hosting another championship event there on the lake, and we've got you know the other end of the spectrum from the from the old guard like Rick down to these up and coming guys. And you know, when I first scanned the headline, I saw, oh wow, they only took twelve pounds seven ounces for those guys to to take the lead. I dug a little deeper. That was a three bass limit in high school. Yeah. yeah. So they, you know, so they three they bass limit, hundred degree heat index. Yeah, that's uh, they're. That's doing pretty good, you know. That's doing real good. And he said uh, he said the same thing. He said, we actually checked in earlier. It was brutal. We had good fish. And so, you know, for fish care and I guess angler conservation at that point, they bagged it early, came in, weighed them in. And I did not check on how they're doing today. But once again, it was a, a wacky rig stick, stick worm on shade lines. So there's something to that. And, yep. uh, you know, that's what I saw when I was down at Hartwell is it must just be chock full of fish. And that's what... Uh, the angler Ferguson from Virginia's team said, he said, uh, if you saw a piece of wood and had some shade on it, there was a fish on it. So that sounds like fun fishing. Uh, not so much the heat, but predictable bites are always the fun bites, right? Yeah. You love it when you dial them in, right? When, when a plan comes together. All right, guys. Sorry about that. Had some technical difficulties, which you'd expect for the first podcast I've ever done. I think we've overcome it now. I'm better connected to Vance. We covered our events on uh, from professional to high school striking Bassmaster National Championship. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on at home, man. What do you got going on? Well, we got heat like everybody else does, uh, and usually the fishing slows down here this time of year. 
we had a surprising result uh, in the Extreme Bass Series tournament the other day on Lake Toho uh, this past Saturday. It took over 36 pounds to win that one. 24 boats, team tournament. Jim Folks and Jeremy Smith had uh, 36.19, 9.85 pound big fish. Now, second place was 22 pounds. I mean, it, it fell off pretty good after that. So that's the exception, not the rule. But it shows you how healthy some of these lakes are and the, and the fish that live here. Uh, once in a while, you know, we, we get a surprise like that, even this time of year. So congratulations to those guys. That's just a heck of a limit. Yeah, that Extreme Bass Series, that's one of the thats one of the trails we cover on the website. Those results are there in our results section, right? And that's something we've yep. covered for years, if I'm remembering right. And yeah, wow. 36, that's yeah. amazing, and not a nine-pounder in the summer. Are they fishing deep on that type of stuff, or are they just big ones are up shallow? Knowing those guys, uh, how much they like to punt and flip, I would think they're flipping deep down here this time of year. It might be six, seven, maybe eight feet where the deep edge of the hydrilla falls off when you could find hydrilla. That's been hard to find in recent years. Um, not sure what they're fishing down there. Uh, I know Jim likes to run down to Kissimmee a lot. Um, I don't know. That, I'm just making a guess based on having followed those guys a little bit for years. But, I mean, typically it's a topwater bite early, and then the rest of the day you're punching. That would be a very typical pattern down here this time of year, you know, punching something. Makes sense. I guess the shade's important, right? I don't like to be out in the sun, and those big fish yeah. don't either. Yeah. You know, yeah. for comparison's sake, you're down there having tournaments that take five for 30, how many? 36? 37? 36, yeah. Five for 36. Uh, I fished a little jackpotter last night up here in Indiana on the Ohio River. We had, uh, we only had 12 teams because the weather was brutal, but there were 24 really good anglers. I mean, the guys that show up to do it, they're good. So 24 of us took off at five o'clock and to catch the evening bite, right? That's when they're biting on the river in the evening, of course. We all come back at 8.30. So that's three and a half hours of fishing. Uh, I did the quick math. That's 84 angler hours. And you know how many fish were brought in? I'd hope 84. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, there was uh, four total bass weighed in in the whole tournament, man. Four yes, bass. Four bass. Good gosh. Do some more math. What's that? 21 hours to the fish? Yeah, 21 hours per fish. Uh, and, you know, not to brag, but I had a limit. Me and me and hey. <laughs> me and my guy. I'm I'm teaching a 11 year old. I say I'm teaching. Uh, we're teaching one another how to be better anglers. And a young man by the name of Will Will Tuggle is my my Thursday night partner. He's 11 years old, and uh, he had the big fish in our boat, and it was over a pound, Vance. So we we weighed in three fish that weighed 2.95 pounds. Will had her kicker. And the, unfortunately, the fourth fish caught in the tournament was a three-pounder. So we uh, <laughs> we got second and second big bass with 2.95 and a bass that was – we didn't actually weigh it for big fish, but I would say based on the other ones, his was probably a pound and a quarter, and mine were probably man. 0.8 to 0.9 each, man. So the fellow that won won the tournament and big fish on one bass. He's the only other boat other than our boat to catch a bass, to boat a bass. Good. I heard some stories, I, you know, some, some people lost a few and coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, all that crap. But there were yeah. four bass brought to the scale last night in our Thursday nighter. Good gosh. Sounds like so you got I, you a good partner. You got a I good got partner a good partner 
and you know i keep trying to temper his expectations with some of this he's like dude we killed it i said yeah bud i said i don't i don't know that you'll ever fish another tournament where you can say well we caught 75 percent of the bass and weighed in <laughs> so he's yeah. feeling good we he's feeling good we had a ball and fishing on the river it's not always that tough but it's definitely brutal you know one reason i bring up the difference in area to area right is because um I know you're a kayak fisherman. You like to kayak and do some of that type stuff. I do. I have been exploring kayaking. I'm not getting into it just yet. I still, I still fish out of my uh, aluminum boat on the river, but you know, there's a cool thing going on. Our friends at Strike King have been involved with Fishing Chaos and they're doing their Mock Nation Summer Smash Series. And this is a set of tournaments that are virtual and I don't have to compete against you Vance because you're what's listed the big three division. You're, you're California, Florida, and Texas, but I have a Midwestern division that's Indiana and several states around me where I don't know that it's this tough right now, but it is tough fishing. But in that Mock Nation event, anybody can participate anywhere, anytime. Through July 31st, they are doing an MLF style, every catch counts. As long as it's 14 inches, they're looking for whoever captures the most length of bass in the month of August. Now, I did not pull up what is leading right now as an individual, but I think they've weighed in over 7,000, I think it was 7,400. I'm assuming fish, that could be 7,400 inches. But if somebody's out there and they want to learn more, you can check that out at Fishing Chaos. You've still got time to register for the total length competition because that's the cool thing about these digital tournaments, right? You can, you can join whenever you want, you can fish whenever you want, and you're still competing and you get a chance to win some cool prizes. Um, Obviously, catching a whole bunch between now and the end of the month will be tough. So August kicks off event four in the Somerset Smash Series. And that particular event, they're looking for the longest fish. So you've got all month, get out, catch the longest bass in your region, and win some prizes through the Mock Nation Tournament over at Fishing Chaos. Um, I don't think I want to challenge you one-on-one but you could absolutely get out there. I mean, you've had some success in your kayak lately, right? So this is, this is, this is normal to you. Length of fish and taking pictures is a normal thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It has, has become uh, the norm for me the last couple of years. I've really kind of uh, gotten into uh, the competitive side of the kayak fishing. I mean, I grew up fishing out of a leaky John boat, rowing it with a shovel and I lost the oar. Um, You know, I mean, it was, dirt poor fishing as you can get so to me a kayak is kind of an upgrade i mean i've, I've had the 20 foot triton with the 200 merc and all that before i had kids you know but this is a very affordable way for me to stay uh, a little bit competitive have a little fun with it um i've been fishing with the bass nation uh kayak series which is kind of like the uh, just like the the bass nation um tournaments you know where you qualify for your state team and everything it's the same model it's for right. kayak tournaments and uh quality quality run tournaments i've had a really good time with those guys uh, i've got my butt beat by some 74 year old vietnam vets that have forward facing sonar on a kayak <laughs> and, uh, awesome. and i've got my licks in too i've got my licks in i've been a second on orange lake this year and uh I, we'll finally won one the other day on lake samson up here so 16 16 of us in the tournament and I went old school, man. Those, those guys went out to Lake Sampson and used their uh, electronics. And I went up into a smaller lake, just, just choked with hydrilla, and found a little spot where I could just top water them to death. And and I had had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun doing that. So very well run tournaments. Uh, again, it's all the competition that Bassmaster 
offers, you know, in their various uh, platforms and pretty much anybody can afford to do it and go have a good time and, and participate. There you go, man. I, I like it. Uh, the thought of having to paddle or pedal last night when we took off the heat index was still like 110. So yeah. Yeah. now we, yeah. we fished pretty close to the ramp. So I definitely was within kayakable waters. Uh, but I was pretty glad to just be able to step on the Minn Kota and get to where I wanted to go. Well, Bassmaster, they let you use uh, trolling motors, if you'd like. Kayak Bass Fishing, KBF, and Bassmaster, those organizations will allow you to use trolling motors. Uh, the Hobie Bass Open Series will not. They'll let you use uh, pedal drive. You pedal. Right. And very few people actually just paddle. You know, I know Drew Gregory does a lot of that. We, we got talked to him the other day and uh mm -hmm. he's just a phenom in the, in the kayak world but i'm old school like that i just get out there and i paddle but uh i hope to upgrade you know to maybe uh i think it's kind of got my eye on one of those trolling motor uh rigged old town old town setups with the mm -hmm. put me a little ultrax on that bad boy and and uh look out <laughs> yeah no doubt you know i got the chance to interview a couple other guys i inter uh, interviewed anthony garcia talked about his rig and I talked to Casey Reed about his rig, and both of those guys were, uh, what is it, the Old Town 136s with the autopilots. And, man, those guys sent me some pictures of the rig. That stuff's up on anglerschannel.com. That's uh, part of me starting to kind of sniff around the kayak world. And, you know, yeah. uh, you and I know that I'm sniffing for two of us. We're, we're trying to get this thing figured out. But they are definitely cool, man. They are definitely cool. Yeah. And, and I fish in a place where they would absolutely be appropriate. And that's that's what yep. this Mock Nation and the Strike King Fishing Chaos Partnership is all about. It's about getting people involved in fish, whether they're uh, down in Florida like you or here in the Midwest like me. Uh, it's just something for everybody there. So that's super cool. I'm glad we're not in the same division. Uh, I may try to get one submitted for August. I intended to, to do a lot more of these this summer, but man, with uh, work, travel, starting to become a podcast executive producer and a variety of other things, I just haven't gotten out much, but... We've got one more tournament coming up ourselves, so we're excited for that. And uh, as far as tournament information, we've gotten to the point with uh, fish tips today that we've taken a lot of our listeners' time. So I just want to remind everybody, anglerschannel.com is your number one bass fishing resource. We can teach you about the lakes, where to go, what to stay, what's going on with the fish, the results, the schedules. It's all there. And, uh, you know fantastic resource for news and results. So now that fishing's kicked back off, I encourage everybody to log on and check out what's going on. And like we mentioned earlier, we're on all the social platforms. So I want to encourage everybody to join us there and give us a follow. And, um, you know, in closing, be sure to check out fishtips.com. We want to give a special thanks to Austin Neary for coming on and telling us about his platform, uh, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. I want to wish him the best of luck. And uh, Vance, you got anything you want to throw in there for closing? Well, I mean, you mentioned we're on all these various uh, social media platforms, including TikTok. Does that mean we'll see you dancing on there soon and doing the challenges and whatnot? No, or? sir. No, sir. No, no, no? sir. No. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, we're growing at a really good clip. Well, we're growing at a really dancing. No, we're going. We're growing at a really good clip. Uh, our guy Jeffrey Johnson helps us with the social stuff, and he's doing a great job. I think as long yeah. as he's doing a great job. There'll be no need for any dancing for me or you. If things get bad, <laughs> that's good. 
if things get if things get bad we may have to do some silly dances to uh to get it going but you know the the fishing world is full of good content jeffrey's awesome at what he's doing over there and i think we can use sponsor products and other stuff uh before we've got to resort to me or you dancing yeah well that that's good news definitely for us and the viewers I, although i think on my phone i might have some videos of you dancing in uh florida recently so i'll have to look and see maybe maybe i can have that that could be a possibility i'll have to send that to jeffrey maybe you'll show up on tiktok before me for for throwing the gauntlet down man <laughs> yeah well you know the, the one place that had the free donuts the other night you give me you put a few free donuts in me to tell them what i'll do man hey man any place i can get a donut and a cold beverage at the same time i think that's a pretty cool place by me so that was fun and yeah. hey listen we're gonna have a lot of fun with this podcast as we head into the the upcoming episodes just for our listeners out there that are still with us uh vance and i have decided we're going to do them twice a month um and so shooting for the fourth week and the second week of every month so we're going to get together look going forward you can look for winter circle features as well as the new deep dive segment and uh you know we've kind of got a whiteboard here to do whatever we want so if you've got some stuff that you'd like to see or hear about give us a holler let us know and and hit us up on social until the next one, Vance and I are putting this one on the trailer, and we are wishing everybody tight lines. Good luck out there and stay safe on the water, gang. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you gotta do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse. Also brought to you in part by Pro Charging Systems, makers of the Dual Pro Chargers, TH Marine, Trick Step, Toyota Bonus Bucks. Costa Conserve and Compete, and of course, anglerschannel.com, your number one tournament bass fishing resource.